0: Hi, I'm John Milius. I wrote the screenplay to this, and um, you know, guess I'm going to blather about it now. There is a 44 Magnum. Now, the important thing about that is that by the time this movie came out, this thing was really an icon. Everybody wanted a 44 Magnum. Nobody wanted one before the movie was made, but the prices of them went up from about, I don't know hundred and seventy dollars to about five hundred dollars and everybody i knew said can you get me a forty four magnum of course you couldn't get them anywhere because gun stores would have lists of people you know and and so we found this place out in the valley a police supply place called cheshire and perez really nice people and they, they finally provided enough 44 magnums for the movie and everything i still have mine and uh you know so i mean it became a really big deal so much so my assistant one time was arrested for accidentally having it someplace he shouldn't have and they took him and put him behind bars and he was watching of course they let him out later but he was watching as the gun was on the evidence table and seven or eight cops walked by and looked at the gun and said this is a forty-four Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world. And they did the whole speech. And, of course, they ended each one with, you know, do you feel lucky today? Well, do you, punk? And, I mean, it became a real part of the, the vernacular. I mean, it was, it was just a, you know, a part of the culture. <music> ¶¶
1: 44 magnum the most powerful handgun in the world and it could blow your head clean off Do you feel lucky?
0: Now the whole thing that's sort of different about this this whole um, Idea of having a sequel was that this movie is not supposed to be just more of the same more dirty Harry shooting different kinds of criminals and saying interesting lines and stuff. The idea of this movie was that it is kind of the flip side of the coin of the first one. And that was what sort of intrigued me, the idea of doing, saying, okay, you have the argument that the law really doesn't protect you, that that we know what is right and wrong, we know what natural law is, and we want somebody, we need a dirty Harry to go out and get the bad guys, and that he's really a hunter who protects the tribe, and all this kind of thing. And I've taken that theme in here and kind of gone further. I said, what happens when you take vigilantism too far? What happens when, when people start to abuse the power of the vigilante? And they say, we are going to clean up society, but we know what is best for society. And so there's a curious line. And, and the idea that that line is difficult and fuzzy, I mean, because these guys, these gangsters here, they deserve what they get. There's no doubt. I mean, they're, they're, they, you know, they should end up the way they do. But it opens up all kinds of problems. I think. I'll tell you what I think. Fuck the courts,
1: that's what I think. They've already wasted too goddamn much
0: time worrying about the rights of killers on the street. Eureka, you're a killer! See so here once again you have the idea that justice is not being served. You know this this is much like the original. See how the the, the signs are all you can tell somebody painted them that day. They don't look like real signs because this movie was, has a certain kind of cheesiness to it that and in time you kind of get to like because it kind of looks like a B movie, which is what these things were. And there's a certain kind of honesty to that a certain rawness today everything would be right you know everything and you know this thing was you know made as clint's movies were quickly and and uh, cheaply but there's a certain kind of raw honesty to this
2: today the noted labor leader carmine ricca was acquitted on a technicality the lack of admissible evidence ricca had been charged with complicity in the murders of labor reformer Anthony Scarza and his family. When he appeared outside the courthouse this afternoon, a free man It touched off a wild mob-like demonstration, but the police were finally able to bring it under control and there have been no reports of injuries. But one can expect an uproar from an angry and alarmed crowd which fully expected Ricca to be convicted. And I'm sure we haven't heard the last of the Ricca case. Art Brown reporting from City Hall.
0: We need a special white-collar crime death squad. That's what we need. Now, don't you wish this was really happening with some of these CEOs? You know, that some of these guys, you know, like Skilling, and people like that, They, you know, there should be a, a bunch of people who go around and, you know, do the Lord's work like this. In the early 70s, you know, what brought about You know the kind of the first Dirty Harry movie and the Dirty Harry phenomena was that there was a real sense that even though it was a a time of great liberalism and all this kind of thing, there was a real sense that criminals were being coddled. That there was a that the vast majority of the public hated the idea of all of these liberal laws that had come in that they were doing away, you know, with capital punishment and things like this, and so. You know, there, there was a real sense that there was an, a necessity for some kind of uh, rough justice. I remember when this movie came out, some friend of mine went to see it, and people were cheering at these scenes, and he says, well, you've created the Fourth Reich. You know? I like the efficiency of this, you know, especially asking for his license
2: could i see your driver's license please you know who that is sitting back there i'll still have to see your driver's license please i'll have to find it you know why you're being stopped yes we know officer and you're making a big mistake you crossed the double line back there the double line take it easy whatever you say officer happened
0: to find it, sir. He crossed the double line. Yes, he has crossed the line.
2: That's right, simple, Simon. Check. See if it's stolen. I want this bastard busted out of his job. Well, we'll take care of this guy. Mm -hmm. You fellas, just take it easy, huh?
0: I think I remember in the script that I wanted him to go fumble for his license so that his hands would be occupied
2: this car registered to you to him i'll have to see the registration come on give me that license
0: Good shooting. Six shots, four guys. None of these, you know, high capacity automatics like today. Nice motorcycle, too. Moto Guzzi. see that car that he got out of I think that Clint still owns that car because for years the cars that were in this movie were parked outside my office was near his and um, he sort of occupied the parking lot and he always had these old cars from magnum force there so that he could drive actors around on his movies because he was he was cheap that way but I love the idea that he kept those old cars and kept them in good condition.
2: Like somebody saved the taxpayers a lot of money, doesn't it? Callahan, what are you doing here? You're a load huh? Oh, we had nothing hot on. Besides, we were close. But... Callahan, you get your lion ass and gear and get the hell back to that stakeout squad. Anything else you call it in. Now,
0: as you remember, he's quit at the end of Dirty Harry, thrown his badge away, but he's back on the force because he has to be back on the force. Well, what could. You know, society needs Dirty Harry, so they probably just gave him another badge. He probably didn't go back and get it. Obviously, whatever happened was swept under the carpet.
1: Whoever did this was very good at it. You'd sure be the one to know,
2: Harry. Well, I just work for the city, Briggs. So do I, longer than you. And I never had to take my gun out of its holster once. I'm proud of that.
1: Well, you're a good man, Lieutenant. A good man always knows his
0: limitations. See, this is great because the lieutenant, you know, is the symbol of the new liberalism, you know. Never had to take my gun out of the holster. And of course we know from this moment that somehow he's corrupt because Dirty Harry says, you're a good man, which, you know, he wouldn't say that unless he knew that there was something smelly about this guy.
2: Briggs has his nose up his ass today. I guess he thinks that's where his promotion is.
1: <laughs> see Harry. What's with you and Briggs anyway? Jealousy?
0: Yeah, Dirty Harry always uh, is alone, so he usually he usually loses partners along the way.
1: What the hell's that about? Well they're probably giving odds on how long you'll stay alive you and my partner. Are you kidding Nope. How long did you last, Barton? So, a couple weeks. Don't worry, he's still alive. Teaching college. You have another trade, Smith? No, no, do you? No, but Bill McKenzie does.
2: Who the hell is Bill McKenzie?
1: He's an homicide man at the snack shop out at the airport. Greatest burgers in town. Hungry? How can you be hungry after seeing that?
0: Now, one of the things, see, there's another key thing, that Dirty is going to go to the airport and get a burger. Well, we know from the first movie that when Dirty Harry goes to eat, especially when he eats hamburgers, you know, usually there's some good shooting going on, some, you know, some lively shooting. I mean, he has to go all the way to the airport. I mean, nobody, I obviously didn't think of that, but, you know, he has to go all the way to the airport to get the burger so that we can deal with the terrorist on the airplane, you know? Of course, it's probably a pretty good burger.
2: never forget the floyd case got it with an axe during the rush hour how about some cream pie i don't think so. phoenix use white courtesy telephone it must be trouble that's the airport code name for trouble
0: and he's going oh no not again i never get done i'll have to shoot one-handed He's kinda of like a pointing dog, you know, he just smells something and knows there's a good opportunity here. A little lunchtime action. How do they get through security? They just walk through security. You could carry guns on planes, then anything. We've got ninety people being by those. This scene was thought of originally. This I think there was some hijack then that was going on. I think these planes were in the desert or something. I said, wouldn't it be great if if Dirty Harry came to the, you know, scene of the hijacking and just went in and shot all these people. We had to have a scene where he had another burger. That's really what it came, what, what came about. I mean, after all, it is a sequel. All
2: the FBI? Yes, they're on their way here right now, but the hijackers want an overseas pilot before they take
0: off. Well, uh, isn't that quaint? They called them hijackers then.
1: May I make a suggestion?
0: Uh Uh-huh. Does he still have the burger? That's the question. Nope, finished it.
1: your goddamn time about it hey, close that door
0: as you know this is sort of you know the, the stereotype I mean he is a a dark swarthy character Cuban though this time probably all right turn around
1: stay there. Here, now
0: get in there. See, all of them are really swarthy, dark characters, aren't they? They'd do good in a movie today.
2: Where where to? You get us up, I'll tell you where to when we're up. Uh, You want to
1: put us in takeoff position?
0: The reason Dirty Harry is always, you know, uh, seems polite and everything and is because dirty harry is basically very professional that's what he is more than cool more than anything else it's a job of work to him and he just you know uh he's set he's single-minded about what he does he really doesn't waste a lot of time posturing about anything you know he just does what he does he has his own reasons you know and he's made up his mind and there's uh you know, he's, he's going to try and do what he does. He's not, he's not particularly swayed, you know, by other opinions or anything like that. And so once, once he's that way, once he's his own man so thoroughly, he doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to make wisecracks.
1: I'll
0: take it. The power of Dirty Harry is that he just calmly goes about and does what he has to do.
2: Right, Lieutenant we were lucky enough to have one of your men here he's on board now an Inspector Callahan Callahan
0: oh my god look at they're about ready to take off
2: excuse me captain I know this may sound silly but can you fly Oh, never had a lesson.
0: Harry's never hysterical. Everybody else is hysterical. Harry finishes his hamburger. <laughs> Now, what's interesting about that is he shot that guy with the other guy's gun. So I don't know if this really counts as a true Dirty Harry shooting. script that one of the uh, terrorists was supposed to grab a stewardess and get behind her and Harry was supposed to say I don't even know her and just shoot the guy and uh, you know right past her or something but I guess they took that out
2: Son of a bitch, I could've killed you.
1: Yeah, I noticed that, Charlie. What the hell are you doing? Well,
2: I'll see you
1: in uh, a coon's age. Oh, well, I've been meaning to drop by, but
2: we've uh, been kinda busy. Yeah, well, uh, I ain't living with Carol anymore. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah, it's my uh, third time at bat. Where's the time, though? I'm afraid of time. I know you ten years already, ever since I first come out here. You realize that? You don't look older to me. Do I look older to you?
0: And Harry obviously has a great deal of sympathy.
2: We should put in for some desk work, Charlie. You don't need the streets anymore. Uh, we should have put our 20 in the marines. These days, a cop kills a hoodlum on the street, he might as well just dump the body someplace. Because snap those snap nosed young bastards down at the DA's office will crucify him one way or another. A hood can kill a cop. Or let a cop kill a hood. Am I right?
1: You put in plenty of time. Why don't you uh, why don't you go for retirement?
2: What the hell, you don't need this. I know you ten years. I'm gonna tell you something between you and me. I'll never retire. Never. Going so out fighting. That's the only way to go. Am I right?
0: There it is, that's the theme that everybody was concerned with, was that justice will not be served. There will always be a loophole. There'll be some way that the bad guys are always gonna get out of it, or that somebody's gonna botch it up, usually the bureaucracy.
2: John Davis. This is Phil Sweet. That's Red Astrachan. Mike Grimes. You're Inspector Harry Callahan, aren't you?
1: That's right. What are you doing here at this hour? Don't you have regular times for this? Well, you shouldn't be on the street these days if you can't shoot well. Colors don't make allowances. You're in big trouble. (laughs) Can't fault you there.
0: It's kind of interesting that when he encounters these, these characters because you would think immediately that he would have you know he would be on their side that they would be uh they would have recruited they would have gone to him
1: time i get this place alone will leave if you'd like the range to yourself no that's all right what kind of a load you're using at 44 it's a light special this size gun it gives me better control less recoil 357 magnum with wad cutters
0: Now, now it's really not supposed to be a light special. It's just supposed to be a little lighter 44 Magnum load. But, you know, sometimes they get things wrong. Nothing like the movies, is there?
1: It's not bad you to try? Oh no, sir, no, I don't think so. <laughs> come here. Oh,
0: right. come on, sweet. <laughs> and far it. Well, the way the dirty Harry gun, the 44, came about was that the 44 Magnum, particularly the Model 29 Smith and Wesson, was, you know, one of the best guns they'd ever made. They were better steel and a lot of extra attention to finishing and stuff like that. And, being a gun enthusiast, of course, I had to have one. I remember I read a series of articles about them that uh, Jeff Cooper, who became a great gun guru, had written, and so I had my own 44 Magnum, which was a four-inch model. You know, so naturally, when these, you know, when the original movie was made, he had to have a 44 Magnum, and it was supposed to be a four-inch, but they found only you know, it was very difficult to find them and they found the six and a half inch. Now six and a half inch is obviously very difficult to carry, other than by Clint Eastwood, you know, who's tall enough that he can actually wear a concealed forty four magnum. But it'd be pretty hard for anybody to carry one concealed, so most of the time he doesn't have it on. But when there's a scene where he has to take it out, he just reaches in and there's a cut and he pulls out the Model Twenty Nine. But the Model 29 was really a special gun, very accurate. It was really developed for hunting, not necessarily a law enforcement gun because it was hard to shoot very fast with it. But if you, you know took your time, you could, you could get quite good at it. <coughs> I said that he goes up and these mobsters are all having a party and he throws a satchel in, like a military satchel charge. So, of course, in the movies made, he has a satchel with a fuse sticking out of it, which I guess is a satchel charge. It would be sort of hard for him to get that close, but it's, it's a good idea. Oh, there's the satchel. Of course, we just happen to know, just looking at those guys, the fact that they have all of those those girls, and the girls are topless and stuff like that. We just know those are bad guys, don't we? A lot of smoke coming out of that thing. Now, the whole idea was that a satchel charge, if it was a real satchel charge, would have just blown that pool sky high. I mean, the concussion in the water would have killed everyone in the pool. He wouldn't have had to shoot them all with a machine gun, but, you know, that's perfectly all right, too. Even though we don't know who they are, we, you know, we know that if they're if they're up there cavorting around like that and looking sort of, you know, Italian-American or whatever, looking like goombas, then they must be bad guys, you know. They're they're living too well to be honest citizens.
2: you expect do you more you? murder, violence. I more? have nothing to say at this time.
1: Is this a gang war, Lieutenant?
2: No comment. Sir, there were about 200 murders in the city last year. You want to make a comment on that? There'll be no bombs in pools. This town belongs to the people. We're going to have law and order here. Now, that's all I have to say at this
1: time. Lieutenant, what, what, what does that mean,
2: Lieutenant?
0: Now, this scene was put in later because Dirty Harry is never, never supposed to really, you know, be around people or kids or things like that because Dirty Harry is really supposed to be alone, but Clint felt that you know there, he should have some interaction, especially you know with with several girls here because women had written and they said we want to we want to see a scene where women come on to Dirty Harry, and so Clint felt well we we should put that in then. I always like the idea that he's God's lonely man that he's just. Uh, uh, always alone, living in a shabby apartment the only women he knows are hookers you know his whole thing is just to you know, to do what he has to do
2: sometimes they are too much for me but then I can't afford a woman coming in anymore I
1: think you've managed quite well
2: Well, I just laugh all day long. I'm glad you called.
1: Tell me, uh, have you seen Charlie?
2: Yes, I saw him last night. He wanted to see the kids, and then he started playing a little Russian roulette with his revolver. What happened? Well,
1: what could I do? I went next door, we finally got him to stop.
2: So what do you tell your children when they ask why their father tried to shoot himself?
0: See, this is the first time I think in a movie that you saw this, where you saw that cops were really under terrible pressure and were trying. You know, marriages are coming apart and they're killing themselves and stuff like that. It became kind of a cliche thing after this, that there were many, many movies. As a matter of fact, every cop was was always, you know, in in some desperate situation. And of course, you you come to the Lethal Weapon series where the you know, the first thing that Mel Gibson is doing is trying to shoot himself.
1: Do you know that he was living in North Beach with some nude dancer? (laughs) Oh well, I'm glad I'm over that one. I do have to survive. You will. You know, Harry, if I ask you a personal question, would you mind? Sure, go ahead. Are you sure? Because, well, it's
2: a little difficult.
1: Look, we've been friends a long time. Go ahead and ask.
2: Well, I'm just wondering why you've never made a pass at me.
0: I... Now, it was very important for Clint, he said that he had many, many letters from women and they, he said that they all wanted to come on to him and that he didn't. they didn't want him coming on to them. They didn't want to see Dirty Harry coming on to the women, but they wanted to see the women coming on to them. So he said, we have to put a scene like that in there. So you'll see later he has a Chinese girlfriend or Chinese woman that comes on to him. And, seduces him
1: yeah yeah really I saw it on TV I'll be right down I'll come in the back way that's it to go. <laughs> Good night, Eric nice sweetheart.
0: You know, Clint felt that where there's a market you should satisfy that market you know his, his audience needed that Oh, this is great. I actually went on one. I actually went, you know, for a whole night of going to visit these places and L.A. used to have a stakeout squad and they killed so many people that the L.A. Times found out about it and shut it down.
2: How's it going? By the magazine rack. The owner remembers seeing him just before the last robbery. Hey,
1: he just looks like a paying customer, does he? Mm.
0: But this was really done. They went to these places, and they built special walls with uh, two-way mirrors and these, uh, you know, liquor stores or restaurants or whatever that had been robbed repeatedly. These guys waited and, you know, sort of ambushed and and set up the whole situation. Of course, they had no intention really of arresting these characters when they came in, the felons. They, they were there to shoot them. and. Uh, you know, the word was to get out, that it wasn't so safe. Go rob one of these places again. Look how innocent the bad guys look. Today, you'd never, you know, you'd say, those aren't really criminals, those don't look like criminals. Everybody in society looks bad today. Three salty looking
1: dudes. Freeze oh, her. You ah! oh, go sit, no, no, lot. You get over here fast. You're gonna save me, no, you, you lion sack of shit.
0: This is what they really did because they had, you know, various positions so that they had different fields of fire in the whole place so that they could come from different angles and make sure they, you know, they they would have a chance of getting these guys without hitting any innocent bystanders. However, in the movies, you know, you've got to make it more dramatic, so you kind of want to make sure that they almost hit innocent bystanders. Get on your
1: knees. Get on your knees!
0: That's good, because when he gets on his knees, then Harry has a clear shot. Now, they would have never said, freeze, drop it. They'd have said, freeze, drop it, after they fired. What's nice about these movies, these early Dirty Harry movies, is that, you know, there still isn't this tremendous amount of firepower going on, there's tremendous automatic weapons blasts, lots of bullets flying around, guns, you know, that are sparkling and firing, you know, shots that sparkle off the walls and things like that. It's, you know, one aim shot, there's, the, the, the gun still has a certain authority and potency to it.
1: Why don't you help the lady, huh?
0: You get a sense that Harry does this and is able to do this because he is a good shot, not just because he can blaze away or has a gun with more ammo or bigger magazine or something. You
1: yourself real well tonight. You work close, and we work close. Hey, 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 where are you guys off to? Uh, downtown Bonetti Street. Oh yeah, where's it look Just like? Later. You know those guys? <laughs> yeah, they came to the academy after me. They stick together like flypaper, you know. Everybody thought they were queer for each other. I'll tell you something. If the rest of you could shoot like them. I wouldn't care if the whole damn department was queer.
0: Now, this is an interesting scene because this was a scene that was simply a story that was told about the hooker and the Drano. And, of course, in the movies, you got to show it, which is kind of grisly and everything. Excuse me, it's
2: very important. What do you think you're doing?
0: The idea of just of, of somebody coming in and telling that this happened to me is is worse, is actually more powerful than seeing it. When I wrote it, it was never supposed to be seen. It was always supposed to be just told.
1: We're not going to get there unless you keep your eyes on the road.
2: Right on. 1000 O'Farrell.
0: Somehow seeing it takes away from the, the whole thing But it's you know it's a, uh, a typical kind of movie scene you know.
2: Too bad you're not on welfare. I give you a freebie. Sydney, <laughs> so I was just on my way to see you. Where to? Just keep on going till I tell you to stop. Yes, sir. Drop that flag. You're on your way to see me, huh?
1: Yes, to be honest, i How come
2: I- you did come out of crib? Well, I- Don't I- shit me. I wouldn't do that. I've been waiting for you for one whole week. I've been working the convention over the hotel. No telephones at that hotel.
0: This actor does seem very familiar, you know? Does seem that he's in all, a lot of these films. <laughs> Probably a friend of Clint's. See.
2: It's all here. All oh. I got. It's Like you've been holding out on me. Oh, no, I haven't. I've been straight with you since you know me. Damn right I know you. Let's see how much more there is in the titty bank. Mm-hmm. Hello, Mr. Green. Mm-hmm. Check out the snatch bank too. Mm-hmm. Damn right I know you. I was gonna give it all cheese, to but you ain't give me a chance. Dance, bitch, you had your chance. That was your last chance. Everybody else was down through your black ass oh, out. My God! Help
0: me! Now, he just happened to be carrying a can of Drano with him. It is pretty grisly, though. Can't believe I thought of it. Oh, oh, oh. That's too bad, because she was kind of cute. This is good because I always like the idea that these, that he gets his come up and said the, the cops always overkill. They always, you know, make sure that they have enough for the, and I, as I recall, they were supposed to drive up next to him with a BAR. Well, a BAR is a Browning Automatic Rifle. Very, very powerful. Look at that car, boy, that's something, man. That car would be probably worth a lot of money today. he's going to lead him way out there on underneath a bridge to a nice convenient place on a dirt road, and, or practically a dirt road. In the hills like that. I like the fact that they're very polite.
2: You know who I am? I'll still have to see your license and registration, sir. I believe you were speeding coming across the bridge.
0: (laughs) That's good. He had his hands occupied. Full cylinder. Well he deserved that. See, so far you haven't got a lot to quarrel with these guys about. the Chinese girl
2: I've been living here almost six months now it's funny I've never met you before
1: oh well I work a lot
2: I know you're the cop who lives upstairs
1: that's right
2: mind if I ask you a question Uh, go ahead what does a girl have to do to go to bed with you
1: try knocking on the door
0: I love the idea that Clint got all these letters, you know, and said we needed a woman to seduce Harry. And so he said, we just have to put this in, you know? No explanation, no nothing, that just, you know, she comes up, doesn't matter, won't, won't slow the story down any. His apartment's gotten a lot better since the first one. Is that supposed to be his, his wife who was killed in a car crash?
1: always live in the dark? Well, you meet a better class of people in the dark sometimes. Come on in. Sail.
0: We did conceive of a sequel where Harry's retired and living up in uh, either in Washington or in the northern woods of maine or something and he's retired and he's teaching law enforcement at a junior college but i'm not going to tell you what happened
2: i'm not on homicide anymore i'm a stakeout man now remember not anymore callahan you and your partner are back on homicide it's a little dramatic isn't it briggs not your usual style it's meant to be callahan look this thing might be bigger than even we think it is hijacking and gambling Trucking, Narcotics and prostitution. This is the cream in the bottle, Callahan. Someone's trying to put the courts out
1: of business. So far you've said nothing wrong. This one just came in an hour ago.
2: Somebody wants it all. This guy was just a pimp. That's one of his girls. How'd she get it? Well, sometime before he got hit, he poured a can
1: of drain cleaner down her throat.
0: See, they couldn't say draino
1: That shows a certain sense of style. You're all hard, Callahan. Look, am I gonna have to have him leaning over my shoulder? Look, you work with Briggs on this, Callahan. But if you ever lean on a line, so help me, I'll flop you lower and whale shit. Speaking of whale shit, what have you turned up, Briggs?
0: Harry always has a relationship with the captains, that the captains are always trying to get rid of him. At best, they just tolerate him, because the captains are forces of civilized law and order.
2: In these cases, there's always an officer right on top of the crime
1: like nobody's ever seen a thing. Who was the officer on this one?
2: A patrolman. Sweet, wasn't it, Briggs?
0: And they always represent the liberal, bureaucratic morass that we all live in, and that they are the Gordian knot. And, and uh, Harry has to cut that knot all the time. Harry has to go through, has, has to get, you know, to justice always by semi-illegal means. Otherwise, he and Harry. The captain usually is always trying to, to do something to thwart him, always trying to uh, keep him from exercising any justice. And the captain is usually trying to thwart justice itself. Of course, this captain is, is even worse than that because he's corrupt. The scene doesn't get in the way of any storytelling or anything else. It's, it's just inserted right in, put in there, and serves its purpose and very efficient.
2: Does look like the gun was a 357 Magnum. The other bullets are all too deformed to do us any good. Hollow points fired point blank, you know. We were lucky to get these two, I found them in the pimp's car. 357 Magnum,
1: huh? Maybe it's a cop, maybe it's Harry. Nobody hates Hulums as much as he
0: does. Now, the 357 Magnum Python was the preferred weapon of most cops in those days. That was the kind of, if you could have something, that was the neat thing to have. So of course, all those bad guys have 357 pythons.
2: Now, he would have to be standing right here, this close, point blank range. And
1: the driver's license and the $100 bill were out almost
2: like he was showing it to a traffic cop. Yeah. And from what we have, it figures out somebody to be impersonating a police officer. Oh, on the cars, at least. Well, it's been done before. This close, it would have to be somebody he would never recognize never suspect.
0: The whole idea of it is that the, uh, you're, you're, the audience is supposed to say, well, he's starting to figure it out, he's starting to do this, because it really is a procedural. I mean, you're supposed to, you know, draw conclusions and stuff like that. And it's pretty good insofar as that the cops have already figured some of it out. They've already said, this guy's impersonating a traffic cop. That's the only way he'd get close enough on this kind of thing.
2: Frank Palancio, 212 pounds. Indicted for murder 23 times, no convictions. Complains about his health now. Suffers from ulcers, migraine headaches, dangerously violent. At one point, he was Ricker's principal assassin. If you mix it with him, he won't back off. He's all yours, Callahan.
1: That's very nice, Lieutenant, but I don't think Palanchio... I want you on him, Callahan. Look, Lieutenant, I'd bust Palanchio for stepping on a crack on the sidewalk if I could, but this isn't his style. Not the cars, anyway. It's too direct.
2: Callahan, you just keep your nose pressed against Palancio's ass until I get a warrant from the DA's office to bring him in. I want the first conviction on this animal. Conviction?
1: He's liable to be your next victim. What are you asking for, Lieutenant?
2: I'm not asking you to follow him, Inspector. For the last goddamn time, I'm telling you. Next. Nick Royale.
0: It's nice that uh, Harry's already figured it out. this is a good excuse to go kill some gangsters.
1: What's happening? No, nothing, it's a lot of peeping and checking, checking and peeping. You know, I knew an old boy once, he used to keep pigs under his bed. Pigs? The eating kind? <laughs> the eating kind. that all you ever think of is your stomach? Very interesting. Oh, I think we would get going.
0: I think is kind of interesting is that Harry's still obviously sympathetic to the idea. I mean, as he said earlier, he said, so far they've done nothing wrong. Whoever has done this has done nothing wrong. Because, in fact, they have done nothing wrong. You know, they're just serving out justice, even though, you know, it is not the system's justice. That's what this movie is about. Is about the, the fact that you know the whole Dirty Harry idea is, the questioning of modern justice. I mean, you know, otherwise why do we have a, a vigilante?
1: To. Across the bridge out of our jurisdiction. Yeah.
0: The whole idea of the vigilante cop is that we need him. Well, stick with the money. And that there is another side to it. I mean, how far can you go? The moral ambiguity was, you know, in the idea that there that something that you had to draw a line was really what made all of this stuff interesting. Pull over and stop. If it was very clear that he's just gotta go get the bad guys, he's gotta, you know, that these guys are doing what they should be doing or whatever it is, and that how will he, you know, reconcile himself that he'll join them or something like that that wouldn't have been as interesting
1: i hope he does panic <clears throat> and i'll give him for 23 other murders and if he doesn't well, i may be right about something that's been nagging at me
0: the idea was that there was that there was this 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 kind of fuzzy line this this you know, shady line that, that, where you know, where where is it that you go bad? Where is it that this stuff actually, you know, kind of, uh, starts to come apart? A little
1: faster, I'm on this side. Yeah, roll on your window. What? Roll down your mind. window. Come on, I've never been wrong yet, have I? I don't know what the hell I'm doing. This. Say, excuse me, excuse me, could you, uh, help us out? What do you want? Uh, maybe you could help us. We seem to be lost. Uh, we were looking for the entrance to San Quentin. You know where that is? It's back there. Don't you see too good? Yeah, I see fine. I just wanted to know whether you knew where San Quentin was, and you do, don't you, asshole?
0: He's harassing him, telling him they better know where San Quentin is. I always like that line. Get <laughs> you, get you, son of a bitch.
2: You always gotta do things your way, don't you? No wonder Big stays on your tail.
1: You do things someone else's way and you take your life in your own hands. son of a bitch Guzman. he hasn't gone out for almost 24 hours now
0: this still holds up pretty good all of the technique of the surveillance
1: Hey, one of our guys took a spill. It's Charlie McCoy. Seems to be okay. Let me take him look. Yeah, he's okay.
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, there he is. So all you've got to do is sit around all day today. Guess
0: Things being set up like this, or you know, are, are pretty good techniques. They build a certain tension. The San Francisco location is very important because the films all take place there. It wouldn't be as important if it was just one film, but the fact that you really get used to the idea of San Francisco.
1: Oh, this girl gets
2: out of sight. Oh, good. It's a man, baby. <laughs> oh, you bitch, oh, oh, don't spill it. Oh, that. Oh, oh, oh. that stuff's oh. worth $900 an ounce. You better not spill it. Don't get so uptight. No, no. Nobody says don't to me. Understand? Nobody.
0: Now, it seems that every time anybody has sex, or anything to do with sex, they usually get killed. So sex is kind of dangerous in Dirty Harry movies. Take over for me, right? It works pretty well to have the, the cops with their helmets on and their sunglasses so they're kind of robotic. You can't see who they are. They're really, they become more of a force that way.
1: Damn, I wish something would happen. Take it easy.
0: What stakeouts are all about? Wait. There's more of them. Uh, Here he is putting a silencer on there. It's always that's that's a great movie convention. Putting a silencer on a revolver. You know, first of all, the silencers always just snap right on the front of it. I don't know how they get them to stay on. But second of all, the silencer wouldn't work on a revolver because the blast would always come out of the cylinder. But we kind of accept it in movies. How could we have movies without silenced revolvers? That was a pretty bad special effect. But the idea was good. Of course, like I said before, sex is really dangerous in Dirty Harry movies. I thought that was very good there because you didn't know who it was. You didn't know when these two guys confronted each other, and now the plot thickens. Now you have the fact that they've crossed the line. That in doing this dirty work, they're going to inevitably do something that will bring them into a place where they'll have to, you know, be stopped. And as and you know, it does happen accidentally. But I mean, it's it's a nice bit the way it worked out that you didn't know who it was.
2: Please, folks, there's been a little trouble here now. Everyone stand back. Please, ma'am, move back. Please, sir.
1: There's been some trouble. Everything seems to be all right, folks.
2: What's going on? Please, sir, stand back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No, sir, we won't let anything out to the press. Yes, sir. You endangered an entire investigation by trying to push something, not to mention your own lives. You blew the whole Palancio stake out. Instead of keeping him under surveillance, as I told you to, you had to harass him. Now, what the hell do you have to say about that? What do I tell Avery? What?
0: I love the fact that Harry's already figured it out.
2: You tell him it's not Palancio. You
1: tell him it's a traffic cop cop? That's right.
2: A traffic cop. Are you out of your mind? Do you expect me to believe that a traffic cop is killing off all the top criminals in the city? Huh? Who?
1: It's Charlie McCoy. He's ready for the rubber gun squad. He even tried to kill himself.
0: See, that's a good (sighs) twist, isn't it? Yes, I forgot about that. (laughs) That was pretty good.
2: Guzman was hit today. A cop was killed. It was Charlie McCoy. McCoy? Yes, Charlie McCoy. And the only reason I don't bust you into the bag right this minute is I know the two of you are close friends. I was just about to call his wife, or you can if you want to. I know he had kids. Yeah. Who reported it? Davis. Davis? What happened to the, the Giorgio stakeout team? It was an accidental coincidence. Davis just happened to be going by and it happens. McCoy was already dead when he got there. Any witnesses?
0: None. Uh-oh, the thing is getting thicker. The soup is starting to boil.
2: Harry, if it means anything coming from me, I'm sorry about Charlie. But it's Palancio, believe me. I'll have a warrant in 48 hours. You can pick him up. He's all yours.
0: I knew Clint for a while, and then when I did the first one, when I worked on the first one, I got to know Clint pretty well. Clint was just one of the best people there is in Hollywood. I mean, he's down to earth, doesn't ever, you know, he's not pretentious. He's very businesslike about whatever he does.
1: you sure you have to leave? I will not have any place to go for a sit-down dinner anymore.
0: What was very good about this was that all of, in those days, there were no studio notes. Nobody ever presented any notes. Clint would, you know, since he made these movies, he would present the notes, and the notes would be very, very concise, and they would be all useful. They weren't like, oh, make the character this way, or what's the, you know, You know, what's the arc of the character? It was always very precise, you know. Have this done, you know, uh, make this happen quicker. uh, Something like that. It was nice of that young man to help
1: us with the children. Well, goodbye, Harry.
2: We'll all miss you.
1: Bye, darling. Take him to the passenger terminal, please. Well, it was nice of you to come out. You didn't have to do that. If I'd been there sooner, he might still be alive. He didn't deserve to get it that way. If there's anything I can do, I feel responsible somehow.
0: I was pretty much left up, you know, to what I wanted to do, you know, and, and uh, as long as it satisfied certain things. I mean, there were, you know, like this scene. I thought it was a very good scene because um, you don't know why the scene is here, and you find out a little later.
1: shot the pants off of everybody with that score, Harry. I've never seen you smoother. By the way, I, uh, I personally want to tell you how sorry I am about what happened to Charlie. What I can't figure out, Frank, is how the hell that kid Davis got in there first. I mean, you guys were right across the I mean, Harry has
0: his suspicions. How is he going to find out that whether these guys are involved or not? Well, you'll see from in a few seconds how he does that. And the idea that he... Uh, is able to get the bullet and make the match, and then he knows who they are. And, you know, Clint liked that because it was very, very simple storytelling, very, very... There's no vagary in it. It's, it's, it's right there. It's what you see is what you get. Basically, this is a police procedural. There were a series of detective films in the 50s and some of the film noir films had the the police procedural thing where you where you actually the audience found out the way that you know a real cop would find out I mean by looking at the evidence deducing evidence that there was no information that was kind of secretly withheld from you that you suddenly found or something that was there was a certain logic to it and the best police procedural probably the best two that have ever been made are the two kurosawa films stray dog and high and low the genre really comes from writing of the time detective stories
1: you have your choice in the shoot off bullseye or combat combat
0: oh i like this scene haven't seen this is, this is a lot of fun to do we got to go do this at the uh LAPD, Hogan's Alley, and it was a lot of fun. Of course, once you go through it, you know where everything is. It isn't as much fun anymore. Good guy. Good speed load there, Clint. idea that he shot a good guy because we know he wants to shoot a good guy. Shadowing what's to come.
2: 36 seconds, but I'm sorry, Harry. You hit a good guy. You had a bad
1: break. I I really don't deserve it. Oh, you won, didn't you? Well, yes, sir, but that's all that matters. Mind if I try that one? how about, uh, six, huh?
0: We don't know why he did that yet.
1: Not bad. I seem to have lost the last one. You, you get used to it. I can see how you would, uh,
0: I like this, that he goes and finds it here, and we know that there's method to his madness. After, you know, when we did this movie, there was some question afterwards that Clint said, well, we've we've done, we've explored both sides of this, uh... you know, this whole story now and he he really felt at that time we would never make and you know he would never make another one of course this one did so well it immediately started you know uh another one right afterwards
1: <clears throat> you said five minutes and i've been waiting for half an hour you ever get hungry? Uh, it just didn't seem like a half hour.
2: Yeah, well,
0: it has been. At the time, I remember they said, you know, and of course my price went up, so he said, well, I'm not going to use you on the next one because I don't have to, you know, these things don't have to really be that good. But they do have to be cheap. Clint loved cheap. I remember whenever there was an idea, you know, if I had an idea for Dirty Harry or something, he says, Well, tell me the whole thing, you know. I'll decide wherever. And I'd only tell him the beginning. And he said, Well, that's really good. Well, what happens then? And I'd say, Well, that's all you get for free.
2: Now we'll catch those animals with their pants down. I was going to call you at home. We got our search warrants and multiple charges. We're going to make a citywide raid tomorrow morning. Palancio is yours. Just don't take him out head first, Harry. You'll find what I'm gonna show you in ballistics very interesting. If you'll find more leaves
1: you can shake a stick at it tomorrow morning. Come on, Harry. Sir? Walter. Oh, Do you mind excusing us for a few minutes? Sure. There's only two. I wonder what happened to the others. Federal
0: boys have them. See, I would have loved to have directed one of these. It really would have been a lot of fun. Clint, you know, kind of wanted to direct them himself because he liked directing. He was a good director. And, you know, he could control the cost then because he didn't have to pay a director. He could make the whole thing cheaper. These things were all very efficiently made. I'd have probably made it really outrageous, though. I'd have probably pushed the the idea really far. I'd have probably had Harry commit an act of murder or something and get away with it. You know, unprovoked or something. He'd have probably been doing what these guys are doing or something, and I'd have figured out a reason that he could get away with it. It would have been the ultimate vigilanteism. Unrepentant.
2: Whose side are you on anyway? It's just a wild shot. And I'm
1: probably wrong. I'd like to handle it my own way. By the way, I'd like to have Davis and Sweet as my backup. Scorer. Davis and Sweet.
2: They're just rookies, for Christ's sake.
1: Well, you drum up somebody in the apartment who can shoot as well, and I'll use
2: them. God damn it. There isn't supposed to be any shooting. Besides, they don't have the experience yet for a job like this.
1: How the hell is a man supposed to get experience if nobody gives him a
2: chance? And Davis is the new pistol champion. Suppose they panic and start shooting. Nothing wrong with shooting.
1: All the right people get shot.
0: This film had a tremendous effect on uh, police films. Matter of fact, police films really don't resemble after this anything but these. I mean, there's always some cop on the edge, and the cop has to go beyond the law. I mean, and, and uh, the whole idea is that uh, the cop is, you know, pushing the whole thing. There's not kind of a, the idea that he's, you know, just going ahead, being a good cop, and, and tracking the guy down, like in, um, you know, movies previous to this, particularly the film noir stuff.
2: People don't like him. Thanks. I needed that.
0: After this, there's, you know, always, you know, the buddy syndrome, where it's two cops and, and of course, one of them's crazy, like in uh, Lethal Weapon, or two cops, and one of them's a vampire. Or two cops and one of them is a dog that talks or something, you know. But they're always on the edge, you know, they're always completely on the edge, ready to go nuts. The genre reaches its ultimate potential, I guess, in uh, Ben Stiller's Starsky and Hutch, you know. That, that should have been, it wasn't as good as it, as it could have been, but it was a good idea. Once more, you have the wonderful stereotypes that mafia guys are always eating Chinese food.
2: Yeah. Who is this? What was that, Dickie? Somebody said we're going to be hit in two minutes. They'll be dressed like cops. Did it sound like anybody you know? Yeah, no, I couldn't tell.
0: Hey, Chuck. Open the windows. See, now we find out there's a mole. So now, who could that be?
2: What if they are cops, this could be a setup. After holds they put in you want me to wait and see? If they're cops, they'll have papers. You'll know if they're cops. Car coming,
0: Frank. There's a big guy out there.
2: Got a uniform on? No. He ain't no cop. Cops always come in the front door. Another
0: car. Why can't they come in squat cars if they're cut? That big guy's working himself around by these containers. He's got a gun
1: out, two uniforms in it. That ain't no cop's gun, Frank.
0: Plancio in this is Tony Giorgio, who's in The Godfather. He plays one of the five families. I think it's uh, Bruno Tattaglia. And, all of this, and, of course, there's a lot of people in this, as you can see. There's, you know, David Soul, and uh, I'm trying to think of the other cop, uh, the two or three of the other cops are became famous later.
2: Polancio, would you open the door, sir? We have a warrant for his arrest. I said nobody's here, goddammit! We have warrants for a search of the premises. Serve him!
0: Harry doesn't miss. Actually, these gunfights in here are probably a lot more realistic than later gunfights. I don't remember them at the time as being that realistic, but they're. You know, there's not just this tremendous volume of shots fired. When you write a sequence like this, you try and write exactly what's going to go on, but in fact, the director—and even if you're going to direct it—you end up directing, you know, what's there. I mean, you may, you know, maybe I don't remember that this sequence was—none um, of this was on there. Of him ending up on the hood of the car, somebody had an idea and said, "Why don't we put him on the hood of the car and have him drive around?" And that's pretty good, actually, you know. And then, you know, ending up skewered on this thing probably that that crane was there and they said wouldn't it be great to have this guy skewered on the crane now harry being flung off this he'd, he'd be pretty sore after this but that's the uh the whole idea of him being on the hood of the car It's a pretty good stunt you know i mean that's difficult to do and probably the stunt coordinator said this would be a you know good idea at the time mm-hmm.
2: Sure, you don't want a local for this, Harry? It takes about seven stitches. No thanks. So. Okay. Your sure ass.
0: But a lot of the stuff, you know, when you write it, you do write it so that there's a logic to it. You know that the that the whole action sequence is laid out. The thing is that when you get there, you're going to find all kinds of stuff, and you know. So the the whole thing will go a certain way, but you don't know you know, where a lot of it's going to happen. I
2: got those warrants for a search of the premises, Callahan, not for you to become judge, jury, and executioner. It was supposed to be a simple arrest.
1: Well, arresting a killer
2: like Palancio isn't always simple. People are guilty until proof. I mean...
0: Often when they're storyboarded and worked out very, very carefully, they're not as exciting even though they, you know, they kind of look good and you've got all these fancy effects and everything else. There's there's not a certain visceral quality to it that happens when you, you know, just do it when you're there.
2: A full investigation is warranted here. What about a dead cop? I warned you against taking them. Sweet was killed with the first shot.
1: Besides, they were tipped off. They knew we were coming, Briggs. How? Don't hand me that crap. I'm telling you, they knew we were coming. After 200 arrests,
2: I know the difference. If I have my way, Callahan, you won't make another arrest as long as you live. Is that all, Lieutenant? No, that's not all. I want
1: that slug you showed me. Uh Uh-huh. I ran it through ballistics.
2: It was nothing. The rifling was totally different. It still states evidence. I want it, anyway.
1: Eat it.
0: Oh he wants the slug now why would he want that
1: yeah look harry if it means anything i think you got the wrong end of the stick do huh yeah what'd they find when they got in there nothing palancio was as clean as he could possibly be they knew we were coming harry why do you figure they opened up on us i must have thought it was a setup like the others it was no it was a setup, early. You know what I'm gonna lay on you who seems so far-fetched. I can't even believe it myself. Yeah, well, I gave up being surprised working with you anyway. Would you be surprised if I told you a bunch of rookie cops were the ones that were doing all the killings? Do this? I gave Briggs a phony for the time being. This is a bullet I took out of the target range. It came from Davis's gun. Matches up with the one taken out of Charlie McCloy's body.
0: Now, since the partner's figuring it out and, you know, the partner hasn't had much to do, it's about time for the partner to get killed.
1: Hopefully both. Yep. But but Sweet died today. Sweet was sacrificed. And what's more important, if I'm right, I'll be sacrificed. I've got a figure I told you, which means you'll be sacrificed. Yeah. If anything happens to me, I want you to give that to Lieutenant Briggs. Okay. But what happens if they get us both? Then they win. Yeah. It's not too hard to understand how this could happen nowadays, the way things are. It's incredible as it seems there may be a whole sub-organization within the police force. Sort of a death squad like they had in Brazil some years back.
0: See, and that's a very important thing there that when he says it's not too hard for the to understand how this could happen today because that's the kind of soil that this all grows out of. That's where that's where this all comes from. The whole Dirty Harry concept comes from that, that, you know, people are sick of the fact that the law doesn't work. And I got to say that things haven't gotten any better. That's why these films always work you know, this kind of idea, the idea of the vigilante cop, always works.
2: Hi. Hi. Jesus, what happened to you?
1: Um, I don't know, just a few stitches.
2: I was going to the market. How about if I bring back a few beers?
1: Good, I could use a beer right about now.
2: I've got your keys. so I'll
0: get your mail, too. Dirty Harry can't have a long-term girlfriend of any kind because Dirty Harry must be alone.
1: how hard it is to prosecute a cop.
0: I like that, that's a good scene, seeing them like that.
1: You heroes have killed a dozen people this week. What are you gonna do
0: next week? They really look frightening
1: a dozen more. Is so that what you guys are all about? Being heroes?
2: All our heroes are dead. We're the first generation that's learned to fight. We're simply ridding society of killers that would be caught
1: and sentenced anyway if our courts worked properly. We began with the criminals that the people know so that our
2: actions would be understood. It's not just a question of whether or not to use violence. There simply is no other way, Inspector. You of all people should understand that.
0: Yes, you of all people, Harry, you should understand it.
1: Either you're for us or you're against us.
0: Having the line, you're with us or against us, uh, co-opted, doesn't really mean much because plenty of people have said that before I put it in here. you know, it's 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 important in here because saying you're with us or against us is is really you know sort of goes with the theme of the movie. You're, you're either you either understand that you know something's wrong, something has to be done about it. That's why we have vigilantes, or you don't, or you're just one of them. You're one of the problem. You're one of some. You know, you're you're part of the problem. But having these things you know taken out and used by politicians. It's kind of a kick. It's nice to see when lines you wrote get uh, get used and you know become part of the social fabric. I mean, I love the fact that when uh, whenever I see an air assault or anything, they usually play Ride of the Valkyries. You know, I mean, I feel I made my contribution. <laughs> now you notice they, they don't shoot him because. They really thought he was going to join them. They don't know really what to do. They're they're very disturbed by the fact that he didn't join them because he's their hero. I mean, they, they can't just kill him. They can't just do that because uh, they don't understand. They, you know, they'll later decide to, you know, to kill him, to blow him up, that he has to be taken out. But they can't, they just cannot accept the idea that he didn't want to join them. They make good villains. See, if you're gonna have a guy like Dirty Harry, played by Clint Eastwood, you've got to really have a formidable villain. Like in the first one, you have know, wonderful actor. And in this one, these three guys, or these, you know, these guys in their, you know, Nazi outfits with their helmets and everything. They they do make a good a good force to oppose him. See he should be in a much shabbier apartment
1: What does it look like? You people live here, don't you? Yeah. Well, what the hell are you doing to the mailbox? Did you lose your key? Why don't you mind your own goddamn business? Ah, that's
2: my mailbox, too. Don't you get smart with me. Tampering with the mails is a federal offense. I'm calling the police.
1: I am the police.
0: What? Oh, the cop that lives upstairs? Oh, and he was right. Hmm. Why do bombs always have clocks on them?
2: What's that?
1: Plastic explosive.
2: A bomb?
1: That's right. If you'd have bothered me anymore, we'd all be stuck to the ceiling now. Here, would you like to hold it? Uh, No, 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 no. I don't
2: want to get involved.
1: Get into your apartment and stay there. Understand? Don't open the door for anybody.
0: Of course, his partner is in jeopardy and. Well, of course, we know what's going to happen. See, it's 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 not good that you know people around dirty hair usually have short lives. it now that the stakes are much higher, that, you know, the law is not going to protect Harry and, you know, that these guys are really dangerous and can go anywhere and get anybody.
1: I want you to get a man over to Early's house right away. What? I've got a bomb
2: right here. Now get a man over to Early's. you hear me? Right. Stay right where you are. I'll be down there myself. Don't move.
0: The only Clint Eastwood could carry that gun around that way.
2: dresser All right. Let's get out of here. Everybody will want to see this. You mind driving? I want to take a closer look at this thing.
0: Here's another one of those cars. That car, I think he must have had that car in the lot for 20 years after this movie was made. He probably drove it around himself. It didn't look any different than that. Must have had somebody to keep those cars up.
2: This thing could be activated by your mailbox key or by a timer. Turn right here. On the freeway.
1: Freeway? You got a new route to City Hall, Lieutenant? Uh
0: Uh-huh. Now we know.
2: Your gun's out of its holster, Brakes. First time? You know you're not going to City Hall, Callahan. The only way you're going anywhere is in a rubber bag. Let me have your gun. Carry three. Throw him out
0: the window. Harry's always very cool because he knows that this guy is, uh, you know, just a wimp liberal. Even though he's corrupt and even though he's evil and everything else, he's he's the other side of the. You know, he's the, he, he's the, you know, the decay in society that allows all this. Justified the vigilantes. We're okay. So he never takes them too seriously. The security, the people will be Which is an interesting thing, because be able, the line is very fuzzy.
1: That's just fine. How does murder fit in? You know, when police start becoming their own executioners, where's it gonna end, huh, Briggs? Pretty soon you start executing people for jaywalking and executing people for traffic violation. Then you end up executing your neighbor because his dog pisses on your lawn.
2: There isn't one man we've killed who didn't deserve what was coming to him. Yes, there is. Charlie McCoy. Well, what would you have done? I'd have upheld the law. What the hell do you know about the law? You're a great cop, Harry. You got a chance to join the team, but you'd rather stick with the system. Briggs, I hate the goddamn system.
1: But until someone comes along with some changes that make sense, I'll stick with it. You're
2: about to become extinct. get off at the next
0: exit. If I were doing this again today, I probably wouldn't have had them say anything to each other. I probably would have just had them because it's it's fairly obvious in the whole thing what's going on. What what, you know, what the position is. I mean that Harry can't let them you know continue. He can't let them stay as they are. So there's no need to explain it. Harry is, you know, a character that's always on the verge of becoming extinct. I mean you know, the, the whole idea of Harry is that he's out of time. He just, he's the, you know, the loner. He's the you know, character that takes the responsibility. And part of our whole society is that nobody takes responsibility. Harry does nothing but take responsibility. That's why he's Dirty Harry. He's always given the dirty job. This stuff always bothers me. That you know, why do you know they, they always had to fill in? You know, have some good car chase or something. You know, really isn't necessary. But it's pretty good stuff. I mean, tearing around San Francisco. is always good for the stunt men. idea of these guys on their motorcycles with their helmets, they they really do have a, a very menacing effect. That was a good stunt. He's only got two more of them to go. that there's an aircraft carrier, it's just handy there, you know. My script was very simple, you know, didn't have all this stuff that, you know, the stunt people figured out. My script was very simple, and I think that it ended in a... uh, a cracking plant, you know, where they could climb around and there were a lot of explosive things nearby and they could shoot at each other and that kind of thing, but and it was was pretty, you know, simple. I mean, once he found out who, you know, the bad guys were and there was a confrontation with them, I had some sort of shootout devised where he would be able to beat them because he'd practiced something that they hadn't or something like that. This wasn't in the script, this whole aircraft carrier. They must have, this is a good example of how they found this. Somebody said, well, there's an aircraft carrier here, an old aircraft carrier. so said, well, we'll shoot the whole ending in that. I never had anybody instructing me, or as a mentor. I, I just uh, kind of, you know, especially because I, I came out of USC, so I had to just kind of uh, wing it, because writers were much older then. And I was one of the youngest writers. Now, writers today are very young. And uh, uh, if you were a young writer then, it was very difficult to get work. However, by the time I wrote this, my technique was was down pretty well, and I knew what, what I wanted to do. I think I wrote this in about six weeks. I think they really took advantage of this thing because bullets would have been just zinging around in there and wouldn't stop until they ran into something soft. Now you'd have thought he'd have taken the helmet and used that in some way. had a lot of fun running around on that deck. I suppose at the time when people, after this movie, people were very suspicious of uh, motor cops, or actually all cops wanted to be motor cops. If you couldn't be Dirty Harry, best to be one of them. Somebody said, wouldn't it be neat to jump a motorcycle off this aircraft carrier? And that was the solution to the the action here. Ah, that's a great thing. Don't have enough
1: experience.
0: These films are kind of unusual for their time because very, very few films were franchises then. It's one of the only series of films where. You could have the character go from film to film. You could investigate different things in each one. And they lent themselves very well to making a number of them.
2: Just hold it right there, Callahan. No tricks.
1: Organizations through breaks.
2: There's a lot more where they came from believe me. Move out of the way.
0: Move it! And they were very you know reasonable to make they made a lot of money they were cheap and easy to make and and the, the main thing is Clint I mean he's the he's bigger than the sum of the parts you know.
2: the law you just killed three police officers Harry And the only reason I'm not gonna kill you is because I'm gonna prosecute you with your own system It'll be my word against yours. And who's going to believe you? You're a killer, Harry. A maniac.
0: Everybody knows that's true, too. I somehow don't think he'd have left him there like that, but this does make a much better ending. It's lucky that bomb did have a clock on it. It's a nice, neat, clean ending.
1: Man's got to know his limitations.
0: Harry's, you know, always got a very cynical attitude in all these movies. He never, you know, the law is never any good, the solutions are, you know, the bad guy's gone, but you know there's gonna be much, many, you know, many more bad guys, you know, that nothing's really, you know, solved and um so they they have a certain similarity in some ways to the spaghetti westerns in which they're they're very cynical i think that's why clint liked them so much well there it is that's that's dirty harry and uh he's well established and well on his way here so thank you all for watching i hope what little i gave you can elucidate some of it and uh Hope you enjoy it.